0: and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Rev. Dr. Lori Walkie.
1: Good evening from Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ. I am Rev. Dr. Lori Walkie, and tonight we observe Good Friday, the night when we read and remember the story of Jesus' arrest crucifixion, and death, the violence of it, the grief of it, and we move through this dark night of the soul with faithful resolve to keep vigil. But it is also true that the nature of this work is why the Easter crowds are not here. This is heavy lifting, this sitting with grief, knowing that the worst is yet to come. We have become very good at putting band-aids on gaping wounds. We limp along. We treat the symptom, but not the underlying problem. We are told to keep our head up. Don't let them see you cry. But that is certainly not what we learn from Jesus. This is certainly not the gospel road. On this night, though, we do not look away. We sit in the dark and ask it to form us, to illuminate what we cannot see otherwise, and even to comfort us. For as the poet Amanda Gorman teaches us, the origin of the word trauma is not just wound, but piercing or turning as blades do when finding home. Grief commands its own grammar, structured by intimacy and imagination. We often say we are beside ourselves with grief. We can't even imagine. This means anguish can call us to envision more than what we believed was carryable or even survivable. This is to say there does exist a good grief. The hurt is how we know we are alive and awake. It clears us for all the exquisite, excruciating enormities to come. With this in mind, let us begin worship with our call to worship. Let us remember how the sky went dark. Let us remember how his mother was there. Let us remember how people mocked him. Let us remember how his friends fled. On this night, we breathe deeply. We bow our heads. We speak the truth out loud about who we long to be. And we trust that God is already reaching out for us as we pray. What do we do with this day, Holy One? The air is heavy. Our hearts are heavy. The suffering of this world feels particularly close, spilling out all over us. Give us the heart to hear this story and the courage to let it change us. Gratefully, we pray. Amen. We join Jesus in the garden, a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death, remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Perhaps you too are carrying something heavy. Perhaps you too know that there is difficult road still yet to travel. Perhaps you too are keeping watch with someone through a long dark night. So now I invite you to come forward to light a candle, to offer a prayer for ourselves and for someone else to hold vigil. Still in the garden, we find Jesus returning to the disciples to find them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping? Enough! The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Immediately... While he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, and with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once, and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. This is who we think of when we think of the betrayal of Jesus. Judas trading Jesus' life with a kiss for 30 pieces of silver. And there is truth in it, but it is not the whole truth. For the rest of the disciples abandoned Jesus too, scattering when he was taken into custody. Most of the disciples go unaccounted for until the next week. And then there's Peter who knew enough to keep his distance but couldn't help himself and got too close, so close that someone recognized him And rather than own up to being a follower of Jesus, Peter denied knowing him not once, not twice, but three times. So perhaps when it came to the point that the crowds began to yell, crucify him, Jesus actually did not hear them because the silence from his friends was deafening. No one protested. No one stepped in. No one spoke on his behalf. So it was, as Mark tells us in his gospel, that even when Pilate asked them, what evil has he done? They shouted all the more, crucify him. They struck his head with a reed, spat upon him, and knelt down in homage in home. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him to be crucified. The gospels of Matthew and Mark tell us that at noon on the day Jesus died, darkness came over the whole land. This is grief. This is pain. This is uncertainty. This is fear. Let us sit with that for a time. The text tells us next that Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Drawing from one of the most painful of the Psalms, Psalm 22. Let us hear it now. Why are you so far from helping me? from the words of my groaning. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My mouth is dried up like a pot-shard, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs are all around me. A company of evil-doers encircles me. My hands and feet have shriveled. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among themselves. And for my clothing, they cast lots. And when he had said this, Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. The Reverend T. Denise Anderson begins a reflection on the death of Jesus by writing out in all caps, A man was lynched today. These words were stitched onto a flag that flew outside the Manhattan headquarters of the NAACP between 1920 and 1938. The NAACP distributed the grotesque photos of Washington's lynching to raise awareness and to rally support to fight racial terror after he had been lynched and the whole reason why they had raised the flag and then they kept raising the flag. Every time a black person was lynched, the flag was raised the following day. This began after the 1916 lynching of Jesse Washington, who was just a 17-year-old working as a farmhand in Texas. 39 years after Washington's lynching, Emmett Till met a similar end. His mother, insisted on an open casket funeral. Photos of the 14-year-old's mutilated body were published widely, catalyzing a movement. In 2018, the National Memorial for Peace and Justice opened in Montgomery, Alabama. 800 markers carry the names of thousands of victims of racial terror. Their offenses included Protesting low wages, refusing to be undercut in a business deal, and standing around. We should understand that what happened to Jesus was a lynching. I do not say this to shock you. The late Dr. James Cone deftly made the connection in the cross and the lynching tree, a mob handed over an innocent man to be tortured and killed. Perhaps it is because we have not taken the time to understand what happened to Jesus that we are still enacting this kind of violence on each other. A man was lynched today. Again and again we find ourselves here where even Jesus is groping for God. Friends, there is no storybook ending for this night, no feel-good benediction. Jesus has been crucified. The night is thick and threatens to swallow us whole. All there is to do is wait.
0: You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 10 a.m. with Sunday school classes for all ages at 9 a.m. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.